Welcome to Industry Roundtable with Roger Reiswig. I'm Roger Reiswig, Fellow and Vice President of Industry Relations at Johnson Controls. In this series, I will host leaders in the industry to explore fire and life safety issues that matter to you. Hello and welcome to another edition of Industry Roundtable. I am Roger Reiswig. Today we're going to speak about life safety systems, test and inspection, um, electronic versus traditional hard copy methods, and some of the insights from a couple of experts in the industry. Today I have two guests, uh, John Staub and Frank Manganella. John is the fire safety supervisor for the University of Iowa hospitals and clinics, and Frank is the lead fire alarm inspector for Greenville County School District in Greenville, South Carolina. Welcome, John and Frank. Hey, Roger. Thanks for having us. Thank you for inviting me, Roger. Glad you guys could make it. Uh, before we start out, could each of you tell our listeners a little bit about your background and current positions and duties? I'll ask John to go first. Thank you, Roger. Uh, yes, I'm a retired fire sprinkler installer. I spent 35 years in the industry installing new systems, retrofit, and also doing maintenance and repair along with testing. Uh, I retired and moved to Iowa and I was accepted at a position here at the University of Iowa healthcare uh, system. And I supervised the crew in leading the inspections and maintenance of our 5 million square feet of buildings uh, in the Iowa City uh, Metroplex area. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, thank you for that. Frank, could you provide our listeners with a background in your current position and duties? Yeah, so we um, we have our own fire alarm team in, at our school district. We have over 110 schools. Um, we're one of the largest in actually um, South Carolina. So we go around and we do all our service. We do all our inspections. We do all our maintenance. We also do our monitoring. So I've been with um, with them for three years. And before that, I was with Johnson Controls. And that's how I got um, incorporated with the inspections and the um, the inspection format. And I brought it on with us to the school district because um, they started with nothing and we just grew it from two people doing it to now we have eight people. We have um, six people in our security. Um, we're just growing and we have more schools coming um, in the next five years. So um, that's basically what, what I'm in charge of. I'm in charge of doing the reports, doing the inspections, making work orders, um, just making sure that the fire marshals are happy, the principals are happy, and all the kids are safe and teachers are safe. That's great. And that's the most important part you know, is, uh, is the life safety and, make, and try to protect uh, people as best we can and inform them of what's going on. That's great, um, Frank. So you've been using electronic inspection solutions at the Greenville County School District for a few years now and talking with you. And John, in talking with you, you're in the process of selecting and adopting a software solution for the University of Iowa Healthcare. And both of you are involved and responsible for testing and inspections of the various life safety systems. So I guess, you know, to give our listeners kind of a little bit of an understanding, what systems would these include? I assume fire alarm and sprinkler systems, but are there other systems that you're responsible uh, for taking care of? 
Yeah, so at the schools, um, I'll start off with the schools. We do learn charge with the kitchen hoods. So all of the kitchen hood inspections um, come to us. Uh, water flows, tampers, of course, the NFPA 25, um, fire alarm, um, extinguishers is the biggest issue that we have. Um, and the electronic reports for that has helped us tremendously. Uh, within two years, we went from literally not knowing where any extinguishers were in the school to we have locations, we have forecasting. So um, I think personally, the extinguisher side on our end was one of the biggest that we needed the um, inspections for. We do the kitchens, extinguishers, and fire alarm and sprinkler. Okay. How about you, John? Here at uh, UIHC, I'm in charge of maintaining and inspecting our fire alarms, which consists of about 20,000 devices. So that would be our smoke detectors, our heats, our pull stations, and our horn strobes, uh, speaker systems. So it, the included in our fire alarm is also, of course, our elevator recall, our damper control, our AHU shutdown control, um, as well as we've any incorporated into our uh, JCI, our Johnson uh, Controls Incorporated System, a mass notification system of nine of our 10 buildings. So we even have that incorporated. And then, of course, we also have the fire sprinkler side, which consists of wet, dry, deluge, and pre-action systems. And with that, we also have a couple of foam systems. And then on top of that, we have fire suppression, which is energen, uh, as well as CO2. So we have a little bit of everything. We also have kitchen hoods. And then we have about, I think it's up to about 2,500 extinguishers that we inspect on a monthly basis. Uh, some of this, we are using an electronic database to help us but it doesn't uh, speak very well and it's very cumbersome to use. So it's almost more work than it's worth. Many of the systems though are not in an electronic database. Wow, that's a lot of, a lot of systems that you have there, both of you, and to be able to take and manage them and take care of them uh, has to be a, a, an ominous task. You know, and with, with all of these, I mean, currently, John, I'll just ask you, are you using any kind of digital record keeping or hard copy records and you keep them in binders or if someone asked you for the reports, how do you, how are you managing those? Currently, Roger, it's a combination of an electronic database that we pay for. Unfortunately, the database is not as user friendly as I wish it was. Part of the problem is, is that in many cases, we have an outside contractor or a vendor that'll be doing the actual inspection. So therefore we have to scan their data and then incorporate that into our, our electronic database and then save that on an additional file as one file so that we can show that to the joint commission uh, on their survey. This is the part that I think is quite cumbersome for us because if you miss a document, 
it's a little difficult to get that document and add it back in. But we're what I've found, I've only been here for approximately nine months. And what I've found is, is that because of our lack of being digitized, and I like the word that Frank used, our forecasting, we miss inspections. And then when we miss an inspection, then we're under the gun. Not only do I have to do the inspection, but I also have to give an explanation of why that was missed. And that's that's the part that is really bad when you're sitting in front of a Joint Commission surveyor. Right, wow. That sounds like a lot of work that you're, you're taking on there. You know, in Joint Commission, just for our listeners, uh, there are a, a separate uh, accreditation um, company, I guess, that comes in and verifies um, your life safety systems um, for you. Is that kind of a correct, you know, just, some people might not be familiar with what Joint Commission uh, is. Yes, that's uh, absolutely correct. Uh, their accreditation is important for both uh, government uh, health care and private insurer health care payment. Um, without their accreditation, the, well, frankly, the money can dry up. And then, you know, as a hospital and a health care institution, you could find yourself out of business very, very quickly. Oh, I'm sure. And having the right forums and the right information is, is crucial. How about you, Frank? How are you keeping track and managing, you know, with these reports and, and binders and being able to provide information? Yes. Yeah, so what we do is um, we do on-site reports, which we love because, like I said, it's just us doing the inspections. We don't have to uh, – we don't have no joint commission or anything like that. We just basically have to deal with the fire marshals. Um, so what we do, um, once we get done with our inspections – we, we print it, we go right to our van or um, to the secretary and we print it right out. Um, so we have it on site. We're done with that school. We don't have to go back unless we have service. Um, we do keep binders at the fire panel for every three years for fire alarm and sprinkler. So when the fire marshal does come by and look at it, um, he just has to go right to the fire panel, grab that binder and everything's right there. And what's nice about having it electronically and on the phone is let's say somebody misplaces it or he goes and see the principal and principal's freaking out, doesn't know where the binder is. They could just email me, text me, and I could send it to him immediately. Um, it also helps with deficiencies, um, having everything right in your hand because I can have my technician going to the school and saying, hey, somebody stole his binder, somebody threw out the paperwork, what's going on? Um, I can pull up my phone, give it to them right there. Um, we also keep everything on a drive for the whole school. So our security department has our own drive where, um, let's say my, my director needs the report for a school. He doesn't need to contact me. I put it right on the drive. He could go right to that school, click on the year, and boom, it's right there. Um, but we use the binder and we actually use hard um, copy paper um, for everything. And we don't, like I said, we don't deal with joint commission. We just basically deal with the fire marshals when they come by. They just want to make sure that it was done within the year and the deficiencies have been fixed. Oh, that's great. Um, so I guess for both of you, with the documentation, either digital, hard copy, you know, there are certain items that NFPA requires to track and perform. You know, for example, you got to flow water to verify a water flow switch is working. 
But uh, NFPA does not require you to use their forms, however, but the functional and visual inspections that they require are performed needs to be documented. So how important is it for the forms that you get from your suppliers to conform to your facility rather than the being generic forms? I guess I'll ask John if you could go first. So our, our forms, it's very important that they be custom made for our buildings in this respect. What happens is due to the fact that this complex or our campus is approximately some buildings are in excess of 75 years of age. They've been built according to different codes as we go through the building process. So I may have dry standpipes in one building, but I have wet standpipes with a higher pressure fire pump. And I also have flow regulating hose valves in that area. So it's very important that I be able to customize these reports. And unfortunately, some of my vendors that I use here, what I found is their reports are very generic. And then they are not actually answering the questions that's required by NFPA 25. So what I've really found is that though Joint Commission, their surveyor will require certain what they call elements of performance be performed. You had a great example of a float uh, switch. They actually require that. But then there's other aspects of NFPA 25 that they don't require. So for instance, on a single story building with a single fire sprinkler system that's wet, there's no element of performance that requires a main drain test uh, for the main drain. But yet NFPA 25, of course, requires that I do that on an annual basis. So I think it's very important that we're able to customize the report based on the building and then customize the questions that we ask for that building for that purpose. Yeah, interesting. Um, Frank, how about you? How important is it for the forms to conform to your facility rather than being generic for you? Exactly what John said. We have schools that are a year old to 30 years old. So we... Um, we're the same way. We have dry systems, we have wet systems. So having that documentation is huge for us, especially in the middle of the night. If something happens, um, they know where they're going, what's going on with that. Um, but yeah, we just like the generic form because with us being doing our own monitoring, doing everything, we don't need a huge report that's, you know, 30, 40 pages. We like Here's the descriptions. Here's where everything is. Here's the map net. Pass, fail, where things are. Simple, basic, and that's what's nice about the electronic reports is, you know, something passes, pass, fail, and it says it right there, the descriptions, where everything's at, what the, um, what the type is. Um, it just helps us service-wise um, having our guys get in and get out of those schools because that's the last thing we need is at one o'clock during a test or something they're working on the system and a fire alarm goes off and they have to now evacuate the school 
because one thing didn't work as they're doing service. So keeping notes, um, just mainly just keeping the notes, making sure where everything's at and having just having them go and fix it and not go back is a big thing too. Um, on our reports, we actually have the description, what type of devices. So let's say if it's a smoke detector, we'll say smoke detector, simplex, 4098-9714. Our techs know that's the smoke detector they need. They know where to go. They get in and get out. So that is our biggest thing with the reports. Yeah, very interesting. Well, so both of you have kind of touched on the equipment that you have and, and placing it in the service. So I'm sure you need to keep track of that equipment and know when it was placed in service. For example, a fire extinguisher and knowing when it's due for uh, the six-year internal examination. How do you use these reports to track where equipment is located and how long it's been in service? And how do you take care of that and understand what you have and, and what needs to be done? Um, John, I'll ask you uh, to go first. In our case, all of that is very, very important. Um, the NFPA 25, NFPA 10 codes uh, require services to be performed at whether it be a 90-day, a six-month, an annual, a three-year, or a five-year basis, but they're very lenient as to when that test is performed meaning whether or not it's, um, you know, within 30 days or within 90 days of the last inspection. Unfortunately for us, with Joint Commission being the party that we're really trying to please, many of their inspections are very tight. So uh, our 90-day inspections, for instance, have to occur within 10 days of 90 days, so either at the 80th day or by the uh, 100th day. So this six-year inspection that you're speaking to, we have to be within 30 days of that six-year inspection, plus or minus. So, and unfortunately, because I, I know that we brought up binders and such as that, we still have binders that tell us when some of these devices went into service. And for us, that makes it very difficult uh, for us to keep track of. So we've had to build an Excel file to send us reminders that, hey, the annual is coming due or the six year is coming due or the 12 year is coming due on these fire extinguishers uh, as a for instance. So. I could see where a digital system with a email reminder that that's coming up and gives me a 30 day check would be very helpful to make sure that we maintain this as it is right now. I would say one of our men are probably spending four hours a week just making sure that we're up to date and we're current with that. And that's a continual uh, process that they, the guys keep going through. Yeah, it must be difficult to uh, to to do that. I'm kind of as you were talking about some kind of an email. I'm thinking like when my car is due for service, they send me an email and say, "Hey, based on our calculations, your car is due in 30 days for um, its oil change or what have you." And um, I guess that's kind of what you're what you're talking about, which is a great example of what a digital system could do. 
Correct. And currently what we have is nothing like that. So what happens in our case is our poor guys are in there literally building this on a calendar uh, system that then will just send them them a reminder. So if they're not there, I don't get the reminder. They got the reminder. Wow. And then that has to be a, a database that they keep up as new equipment is put in or new renovations are done or new buildings are brought online. Uh, that, that's got to be a, a full-time job in itself. Correct. Frank, how about you? How do you, um, how did these reports, how do you use these reports to track where equipment's located and how long it's been in service? So we do, um, we actually document, like I said, because we do everything in house, uh, we, we're our own customer. So we, for scheduling wise, what we do is we take all our schools and we put it on an Excel sheet. And before I started, they would do every school in three months. They would stop what they do during the summertime, get every school done in three months, and then possibly try to go back and fix things. And it was so hard. There was no documentation. There was nothing. So when I came on board, I was like, all right, look, there's about 110 schools. Let's separate them and let's maybe do 15 this month, 10 this month. And then we know which ones we have to do during summertime when there's no kids. So we just have an Excel sheet that we do and it has every school and we just go that month and do it because we're only, we're only required to do it once a year. So with the fire alarm. So let's say now it's December. I already know where I'm going in January and I already know where I'm going in February and March and April and going forward. So every year we go back to that same school that month. Um, so every school we did in January of last year, we're going to do this year. So that helps big time because we know when they're due. So let's say the fire marshal comes by and says, hey, this, this hasn't been done. Well, yes, it hasn't been done, but it's not due till February or March. So that's how we do that kind of scheduling. Um, and I just, you know, we go, we, the day before we just say, okay, what school do you want to go to? And I'll send the plan engineer principal an email, just letting them, Hey, we're coming to the school doing your fire alarm inspection. Would you like to do a fire drill? Because we got to sell them the alarm. So why not you do your fire drill? Cause you have to do the fire drill in a month. We have to sound the alarms and walk everywhere. So let's just do the fire drill and the fire inspection at the same time. Um, for service wise, it helps big time because like I said, we could just send our technicians right to that um, device. They can fix it and get in and get out. So we had no documentation whatsoever. So we didn't know when things were installed, when they weren't installed. So now what they're doing is they're actually putting it on the report. So they're put the sensitivity on the report when the smoke detector was installed. They're actually keep that in the binder as well as on our drive. So let's say something does happen within nine months. We, we replace the smoke detector. Nine months later, it goes faulty. We know, hey, that's under a warranty issue. So let's save some money there. Also, we, we can look more into it. Why is that coming into alarm? We just replaced the smoke detector twice. Something's going on over there. So it could be an air vent. It could be wiring issue. Um, so that helps. With extinguishers, I, I talked before, that was our biggest issue with the forecasting. That helps big time because we know now, hey, in two years from now, we have to change out all these extinguishers because they're due for their six-year maintenance. 
pipelines or for even water flows. Hey, we had an issue with all the gauges. So now we know every three years going in three years, all these gauges are going to be changed out due to every five years. So now we kind of can look back and go to budgeting and say, Hey, next year we have 50 gauges that need to be replaced. And we, now we can go into the budget and ask for that money because we know ahead of time, it's easier to ask ahead of time and show it than get the report, fail it and say, Hey, I need all this money. Um, so that's our biggest thing was the forecasting and the reports. And like I said, just, there was nothing, nobody, we, we walked into there and was like, what's going on. So having those notes, having a good scheduling system, it just makes life easier for everybody, including the students and the teachers and everybody, because they know they're going to be there. They know they're coming. It sounds like a digital solution is much more user-friendly in what what John is investigating, too. Um, So I'm curious about the differences in how long a report takes to get to you after an inspection is completed, whether it's digital or hard copy. And, Frank, I'll start with you. Um, And, and again, I'm not looking for vendors or anybody in particular, but just in general, um, do you see a difference in how these reports are, are generated and offered back to you and you know what's going on, the status of your system? Oh, big time. So um, when I was with Johnson Controls in Florida, we did everything on Excel and Word. So we would have to go back to the office sometimes, print it out. Mainly it took two, three days to get to the customer. Um, with the electronics ones, when we brought it to the school, doing it on your phone, we give it that day. Even when I was with Johnson Controls up here, that customer is getting it as soon as we leave. So I would literally tell them, hey, I'll be right back with your report. You're going to know your deficiencies. You're going to get a quote um, probably within a day or two, but at least you're going to have the report to give to a joint commission, to, to give to your superior, whoever you need to give that report to. And having it be- right after you're done with the inspection is huge because one, you don't forget anything. So your mind is there. You're on site. If you got to go back in, walk somewhere, you have it in your hand with the school district. It's great because like I said, we go test everything, go into the van, print it out. Here's your report. Let's see you next year. Or, Hey, you got some deficiencies. We'll be back in a couple days because we got to order it. But at least they know what's going on. Or even when the fire marshal comes and says, hey, you have a trouble on your panel. Well, yes, we just did our um, inspection. As you can see on the report, we had a smoke detector that failed that we had to disable. We had to order the part. It's on back order. It's, you know, we have to go to the store and get it. But at least they know now that they have it. And getting that on site, on time, right there and there. Um, just helps so much in the inspections and being a business aspect too. You know, Frank, as a follow-up to that, what if an inspection takes multiple days or even longer? Um, how are you alerted to deficiencies and the timeliness of getting it repaired? And does digital or hard copy make a difference with that? You know, kind of just thinking in my background, you know, back in the day when I was doing inspections with paper, and if it was a multi-day inspection, the owner, the representative didn't get the documentation until, you know, when I was, when I was finished. Um, has, has that changed or, or do you do it differently um, with this 
multi-day or multi-week inspection. No, that having it electronically helps big time too because you know what you missed, what you didn't miss. Um, let's say it's four o'clock and your day's up, and you have to come back the next day. You can tell them, "Hey, look, we're done for the day. We know what we missed. We know where we have to go. We got a good stopping point. Um, you have these deficiencies that don't work. So let's say if it's a whole wing." You might have to have them on fire watch. So as you're doing the inspection, you're about to leave. Hey, I got the whole first floors not working. Something's going on. You're going to be on fire watch. Um, it helps letting them know then and there instead of, hey, I'll be back for your report. And them not knowing that the whole first floor is down and something happens or, you know, three days later, hey, your whole first floor doesn't work. They're going to be like, wait a minute. Why did you tell us that three days ago? Um, also it's nice too, because you can see, let's say today we tested all this stuff tomorrow. We tested the other stuff. The third day we tested another stuff. Now salespeople can forecast next year's inspections. Hey, it took three days. I could probably get it within two. Now that we're there, we know where things are and things are documented better. So it could save the customer money or even, Hey, it took us three days. We didn't get it done we may have to make it four days. So that helps big time too. Um, and letting them know what's going on. I mean, at the end of the day, they want to know that they're walking in and walking out safe. So letting them know, hey, you have some issues, but we'll be back in the morning to fix it. I'm going to go and get the parts. So tomorrow morning I can fix everything and get you going and working. Very good. Um, so, John, just curious to see how you, you see reports coming in and how long it takes, whether it's digital or, or hard copy. Um, what are you seeing? I get extremely nervous anytime I have an outside vendor come and do any of my work because what happens is I'm at their mercy. My crew has gone with them and they have documented the fact that we have done the inspection. But unfortunately, in many cases, unless my crew notes a failure or notes a device that's been found deficient, I won't know that for 30 to 60 days that it takes that uh, contractor, that vendor, to get that report done and then emailed back to me. About the fastest I've gotten reports is about 14 days. The unfortunate thing for that is that many times when that happens, I don't have a good check and balance to make sure that they have done all of the inspections and given me all of the reports. When I mentioned earlier that we have pre-action systems, I have a total of 47 pre-action and six dry systems here at the university. So recently I had those inspected by a vendor and at the 60 day mark, I still didn't have all of my copies of the reports and I was getting requests from the local fire marshal because we still deal with them as well, that the reports had not been inputted into the inspection portal and they were telling me that I was out of compliance. So a, a much easier, simpler system 
which is leading me to want to go to a digital system that I can allow my vendor to use on my campus that will send me the message when they're done. We have many, many systems here that take far longer than a single day. And in our current system, it's very difficult to do those with multiple people at the same time. So I would like to get a system in place that I could put two to three men or women working on that inspection at one time so I could knock the whole thing out as fast as possible. Our deficiencies, if they're found here, whether it be on the fire alarm side or on the sprinkler side, it could require just an immense amount of work. Whereas Frank mentioned a fire watch. A fire watch here at a medical institution requires me to have that floor walked every half hour. I mean, it is just an amazing amount of work that I can make for myself or save for myself if I'm able to get these reports done promptly and then find the deficiencies. But then Joint Commission requires that I track how I've done a repair or a replacement of that deficiency. So the binders don't work anymore. Uh, we talked about binders, but the problem that we have is so much of the Joint Commission, the state fire marshal, and the local fire marshals require that all of this documentation be available electronically as prompt as possible and be able to be transmitted and put into their hands. So, I mean, it's scanning when you're talking binders and you're talking scanning multiple documents and keeping those straight it's just the amount of work that you're generating for yourself becomes very cumbersome well john let me ask you this as you're exploring a new digital solution um what are the challenges that you see going to digital is it as easy as just flipping a switch or or, or what are you seeing as the hurdles you need to overcome i envision it being approximately a one year to 18 month process that we would begin with what i would say would probably be our um more easily transferred items which are our fire alarm because currently our fire alarm is uh, devices and panels are on an Excel spreadsheet by node, we currently have about 72 panels in our campus. So with that, it's my understanding that a lot of our digital systems will allow us to upload that information rather quickly and easily and then we can begin there by doing our NFPA 72 inspections uh, for our fire alarm. Then as quickly as possible incorporating all of our suppression systems and our fire sprinkler systems into that same database so that now we just have everything interconnected. Uh, what I find is that we perform many inspections here at our campus but if you will, they're disjointed. So I will inspect 
the fire alarm system to the relay that shuts down the AHU. But we're all one campus. I should be working that in conjunction with my HVAC mechanics and saying, okay, I'm going to shut down your AHU the first time when I pull the fire alarm. I want you to tell me that it shuts down. And then we can really ascertain that our systems are functioning correctly. I know that NFPA 72 only requires that I go to that relay, but because we're a healthcare institution, I need it to work 100%. Uh, somebody's life may actually depend on that system functioning. I uh, mentioned earlier that we, our system also uh, works with the dampers and the doors. So all of my fire and smoke doors have to close. Uh, at our campus currently, we have approximately 2,700 sets of doors that need to close on a fire alarm. So these are items that we need to test in conjunction with engineering to make certain that everything is functioning just as it should. Yeah, you're, you're bringing up integrated testing, which is you know a whole other subject to make sure that one system that interacts with another uh, does what it needs to or the intended purpose of it. Um, and digital solution obviously would be a, a huge benefit to, to assist with that or help with I that. I think it would make everything here so much easier um, just from the process of getting it done, uh, Roger. But I think the other bigger reason for doing it is that we really need to have the tracking of items that don't work. Um, when you have a large amount of devices and a large amount of infrastructure, it's very easy for that infrastructure or for those devices to have a problem or a situation, and it's too easy for that to be written down in an email or on a, a note or even in a report and for that to get missed. So I'm looking for a digital solution that will help me to track that as well hey, this door didn't work, this damper didn't work, this elevator didn't recall, whatever that case may be, and it won't allow me to correct that and take that off as a from a failure to a pass without a corrective action taking place. So it'll maintain that deficiency until there's actually a repair or something has been done. That is another real uh, aspect of the digital network that I see as a great benefit. Sure, absolutely. Well, as we wrap this up, I just want to thank you for your time today, John and Frank. It's been very informative, and I appreciate your willingness to share your knowledge and experience with my listeners. Thank you so much, Roger, for letting us uh, come. Uh, thank you for uh, extending the invitation to myself. And I, I actually look very much forward to working with yourself and others and implementing some kind of digital network here at the this campus. Yes, Roger, thank you guys so much for having me. Um, I do appreciate it. John, if you have any questions, need any help with anything, please reach out to me or anybody else. Um, thank you again. Thank you both. Thank you for listening to this episode of Industry Roundtable. Be on the lookout for more podcasts in the coming weeks covering a range of fire and life safety related topics.
Before we wrap up, I wanted to mention that this podcast is for informational purposes and is not professional advice. We recommend you consult with your local authorities or seek professional counsel for your life safety needs.